Hi, everyone. Welcome to GovTech Talks. I'm Jen Bensey. And I'm Tiffany Wright. GovTech Talks tells the positive stories of technology being used in the public sector to better our communities. Today, we're talking with the San Diego Housing Commission about how they help those experiencing or at risk of experiencing homelessness in their community. San Diego is a population of 1.4 million and is one of the most ethnically and culturally diverse places in the U.S. The commission has implemented a new process for data collection and reporting, which has resulted in a 20% reduction in workload for their case managers. And so today we're going to talk to them a little bit about the the work that they've been doing. Um, So we have with us Jeff, Vice President of Information Technology, Annie Holder, Senior Analyst, and Deanna Villanueva, the Vice President of Housing First Programs. So thank you all very much for your time today and for joining us. We're just really excited to get to talk to you a little bit about um, your programs and how you're helping those experiencing or at risk of experiencing homelessness. So Deanna, let's maybe start off with you. Could you tell us a little bit about the SDHC and the programs you're currently working on to help those experiencing hopelessness in San Diego? Sure, and thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Um, So the San Diego Housing Commission is actually a public housing authority. So typically public housing authorities throughout the country are working with singles and families who are low income with rental assistance and affordable housing opportunities. Uh, the San Diego Housing Commission is a little bit unique in that back in 2010, we actually became one of the first housing authorities to receive approval from HUD to use our federal voucher funding to provide long-term housing for individuals and families who are ex- who are experiencing homelessness. Um, of the 16,000 or so vouchers that we have, more than 4,000 of those are committed to addressing homelessness. And also in 2010, in addition to reallocating a portion of those vouchers to homelessness, we also began overseeing homeless service contracts uh, for the city of San Diego. At this point, we've got almost 60 contracts that we're overseeing. So since 2010, uh, we've really, really grown over the last 12 years. In 2014, we actually launched what we refer to as direct services programs for people experiencing homelessness or at risk of homelessness. And those are the programs that we run with this particular department and the solution that we came up with through QuickBase is for these programs that uh, work directly with people who are at risk of or experiencing homelessness. So over the course of the last 12 years or so, you can see we've, we've really grown in terms of what it is that we're doing to address homelessness within the city. Great, thanks for talking through that a little bit. Can you um, talk a little bit about the types of direct services that you provide? Because I think a lot of people have the assumption that when you're working with people who are experiencing homelessness that you're just helping them get a home, right? But when you're talking about um, all of the social determinants of health and that 360 holistic view of the the people that you're helping, um, there's a lot more that goes into it. So can you just talk about, maybe give some examples of some of those direct services that you all are, are providing? Sure. This is a great question too. So we actually have about uh, 10 programs or so within this department that serve people across a spectrum of needs. So it can be people who need you know, very light touch case management, very short-term rental assistance, all the way to people who need intensive wraparound services and ongoing rental assistance. Uh, Our teams, depending on the program, are working directly with those households to identify what their housing crisis is. So if you're someone who's at risk of homelessness, is it that you have rent arrears and you need to pay those off so that you can stabilize in your housing, while at the same time assessing what are all of the other factors that could be uh, leading to this housing instability or this housing crisis. 
and working with a lot of our partners in the community to make referrals for those households to other services that might also help them be able to stabilize. Uh, if you're experiencing homelessness, for example, our team also works directly with landlord partners throughout the community. Uh, we've got hundreds of landlords that we actually work with and who you know, reach out to us directly when they have vacancies so that we can house the families and the individuals that we're working with who are experiencing homelessness very quickly. Um, and simultaneously, we have our case managers who are also doing a similar process of assessing those families to see uh, what kinds of services they could be connected to either through our programs or through other uh, programs in the community. That's great. Um, I'm sure with those 10 different programs, uh, what I'm thinking through is each one of those programs has a different data set, right? <laughs> and different eligibility requirements and um, tracking all of that data is what becomes really complex, especially when you have 10 different programs and stakeholders. I'm sure there are a lot of funding vehicles, um, ultimately just to mitigate the risk for these um, citizens. So I guess that leads into our question about this uh, project that you all have been taking on. And Annie, I know that you've been really kind of the steward for some of the data collection and that piece of it. And Jeff, you've been behind the technology. Um, what could you all tell us just about what initiated the need for this project to start getting your arms around the data? You know, what, what were you all doing before um, in order to collect and, and really take the insights out that you need to ultimately serve the citizens? I'll let Annie. I'll let Annie jump in on this because she knows what it looked like before, probably better than any of us. Yeah. So um, let me think. In 2017, when I was hired, we had Excel spreadsheets. That's where we started, um, and it, it was it was it was tricky. Um, but quickly after I was hired, we had another platform that we were using. Um, and so from that, we translated from those Excel spreadsheets to this intermediary platform and use that for about three and a half years. Um, and it was during that time that we sort of realized that it wasn't because we were building it as the plane was flying, we realized it wasn't collecting all the things that we needed and it didn't have the flexibility that we needed because we were adding all of these new programs. Um, so that's when we started catalog cataloging all the data and sort of trying to figure out where we wanted to go from our half spreadsheet, half, half database land. Um, and we just knew that these programs were so important and that we wanted to learn from them and get better insights as we moved forward um, so that we could identify different gaps in the community and things like that. So um, I would say that's sort of where the need grew from. I think we also we also tried to, to move to a different platform first um, and did a rough attempt at creating a, a, a system internally uh, using this other platform that was pretty cumbersome and not super user friendly. And we had a lot of problems with reporting and things like that, as well as kind of user adoption. Uh, people don't want to use things that are, that are complicated. So I think in this uh, new solution, we were really looking to build something that really had an ease of use, really was kind of intuitive uh, for our, our staff to use. And then, uh, most importantly, the reporting piece to be able to, to pull out all the different types of reports for our board members, our city council members, uh, and provide really good data in the end. What were your initial steps at trying to solve for that, that issue? 
So I well, I think as as I mentioned, we we attempted to build using a different platform. I don't want to say names, but uh, it 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 wasn't a great fit. Um, I think we were trying to put a square peg in a round hole, uh, and it was so expensive, and we were having to overly customize it in order to make it work. And still, in the end, it didn't provide a solution that was easy for people to use. I know that Annie spent pretty much most of her time cleaning the data so that she could report on the data. And I think now with the solution that we built, we, you know, we got together, I think we, how many RFPs did we write, Annie? Like four or three to get at it right? At least three. We, we I, spent, at least. Yeah. We yeah. spent a lot of time. Yeah. We spent a lot of time really understanding what, the homeless housing innovation team needed and wanted. Um, and I think sometimes that's that's the hardest part of the work, right? Is you have to really understand what you need. And then once we saw it all, we're like, okay, we just need to make this simple. How do we make this simple? That was my kind of mantra throughout the whole project. Keep it simple. Let's not go crazy. And it seemed to work. It's so important. I mean, so often we see RFPs that are clearly copy and pasted from something else. So, um, you know, there are, and so kind of this leads into my next question. A lot of times we see these RFPs for, you know, custom off the shelf solutions. It's got to be COTS um, and QuickBase doesn't really fit necessarily in that. Um, So can you talk about, you know, when you were initially looking, did you guys, were you guys requiring a COTS? Um, and how did, you know, your, your view of that switch once you kind of, once you got the RFP responses? We had done quite a bit of research and found, couldn't find something off the shelf. Um, so we were expecting to have to develop something. And so we budgeted for a development project. Um, but development projects are hard, right? They're, they they have a, a propensity to kind of spin out of control. Well, yeah. And how often do you put out an RFP where you end up, you know, by the time you actually get something implemented, it's not what you need anymore. Um, and you could be, if you had chosen another cumbersome, complex platform, you could be in a position right now where you're still implementing it a year later. And with QuickBase, you guys had a platform ready to go at least to start testing in three or four months is what I'm hearing. This app that we've built is the primary tool by which these housing assistants do their job. There is not another tool that they're using. So this entire department is using this app as their primary tool. It interfaces with other apps, but um, I was having a conversation with somebody else at QuickBase and I think they didn't realize that we were we were using this as their, their tool. So the rest of our agency uses our ERP system pretty much for everything. It does voucher management, it does our, um, our property management, um, but it didn't support homelessness and so that's, this tool is is what that whole group uses. Which is Yardi, right? Yardi is the tool that you guys uh, use for the ERP. Yeah, Yardi is our ERP system. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, and um, I know that you were um, 
you know, you were interested in integrating with Yardi, you were interested in integrating with your HMIS system, which, you know, we know, <clears throat> excuse me, are historically just hard to integrate with in general, HMIS systems. So um, as you were going through, like you were talking about the discovery was kind of the hardest part of the process for the RFP. What about once you started actually the implementation with um, <clears throat> CloudBase, the QuickBase partner who helped you with your project? Um, how... How did that go? Were you, did you refine any of that workflow that you had created? You know, did you change any of the integrations you wanted to do or did your mind expand as far as what you could do? Um, can any like interesting discoveries along that path of implementation? I, I think Annie can probably jump in on this a little bit, but the one thing I was thinking about with, uh, with any vendor that I think is really important, especially if you're going from uh, a technology platform to another technology platform or from a lack of a technology platform to a technology platform is you really need a vendor who understands and is willing to work on business processes, business process redesign, and really business process design. Um, because so often people are like, okay, what are you doing today? And they're just going to build that in the new system. And if what you were doing today was not efficient. You're just moving an inefficiency to a new technology. And so that was one of the greatest things that we found with our partnership with uh, CloudBase was they really had the mind for uh, process design and redesign. And they worked really closely with Annie to help with that. I think um, the approach we took for integrations was let's do it simple first. Let's, let's just do what we need to get into the system and what we get, what we need to push out of the system. Um, we don't actually, and I think, Annie, you can help me out here. I don't think that they're actually today fully integrated, but there are tools that we have that push data to and from. So, I mean, it's basically integration, um, but I would like to see it more fully integrated in the future, but I wanted this project to be successful. And I didn't want us to get bogged down in the integration points. Um, I wanted a tool that people could use so that they could get their work done and that we could report on. And so I think so far that seems to be working really well with the way we're integrating. But we do have plans to do a more complex API integration in the future. And when you say more complex API integration with Yardi? With Yardi, um, with uh, HMS, with different systems that as we continue to grow this platform, um, there's already, I already have a roadmap in my head uh, about where we're going with different apps for different groups. Or actually, we just released a new RFP for uh, the sister team to uh, the operations, uh, HHI operations is the HHI admin team, which basically handles all the paperwork and contracts. Um, and we're building them a solution so that they could manage all their their projects uh, and contracts through the system as well. It's not formally integrated, but what we did is we sort of, like you said, it's really hard to integrate with HMIS. It's not something that's easy to do. So we just sort of like acknowledged what the limitations were and we're like, but what can we do? Like if this is, a, if we can't, if that says that direction's no, what is like a simpler version so that we can cut down on all this duplicate data entry? And we did exactly the same thing with Yardi where it's a simplified version, but it like the efficiency that we get from people not having to manually put all of these data points in all these 
three, four different systems is what we focused on rather than like it being a, a perfect system when we finish, we're like, let's, what's the intermediary point that we can get to in this time frame with this RFP? We talked a lot about obviously time saving, making it easier for your case management team. We've talked a little bit on the surface about reporting, but can you talk a little bit more in detail um, about the initial goals that you were trying to achieve by modernizing your processes? Did you have any specific metrics you were trying to hit or that you were measuring? What did those look like? Um, and, you know, where are you at so far in achieving those goals? I think from a overall vision standpoint, what we were looking to do and like everybody said here is uh, really create a system that works that for the work, type of work that we do. And so we were looking to be able to streamline. We were looking to be able to collect the type of data that we actually need all in one place. We were looking to be able to integrate with these other systems. There's three total systems that are four total systems, actually, that we work in. So it's Yardi, HMIS, CIE, and now this QuickBase platform that speaks with all of those, which is fantastic. But previously, our previous platform was not. Um, and the, the main driving point behind all of this is that we do want to make sure because homelessness is so urgent and it's so you know serious and we're trying to make sure that we can work with people as quickly as we can, as we wanted to make sure that these types of processes and these types of uh, you know administrative you know, tasks or whatever it is you want to call it, that we're able to do those very, very quickly because we want to make sure that if you're experiencing homelessness today, that we can house you today, right? If that's what we need to do. If I can add to that too, those things are all exactly true and 100% pillars to what our number one goal is, which is to provide the services to the people who need the services, right? So all of those things, if we can align all of those things, it helps us connect with the people we're serving faster, easier for them, getting them services faster and easier with, you know, they're, they're struggling enough already. How can we make their lives easier? And um, with that, it it brings me to this question around, um, and I, I do want to get back to the funding piece because I think that's huge. But um, since we're on the, the piece about reporting, how has being able to pull these numbers changed your relationship with your leadership team? Has it given you, you know, the ability to get more programs approved because you have the data to prove? Are you using this data to then apply for more grants and get more grants because you have these impact numbers and outcomes. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that, how having those reports has kind of changed um, the way you work with your leadership team and the way that you apply for grants? One of the biggest changes that has happened is the amount of hours that have been reduced to make sure that the reporting is correct, right? So they have a much better confidence level that the numbers that they're giving are the right numbers. Um, and I think that was one of the main biggest goals of this project without spending hours and hours to double check and combobulate and to reprioritize, you know, they are able to pull reports that are solid and that they are very confident about. So what are some of those statistics on the impact that it's had in your business processes? It's reduced our um, additional aid data entry by about 25%. Um, we enroll about 1500 clients annually and by auto-populating documents um, that has about doubled our efficiency because we're doing it once instead of four times. Um, 
we no longer, so we used to do separate data entry into our financial system. So that is now done. It pulls all the data through QuickBase. So it's more about pressing a button than doing multiple data entry there. Um, so that our payment efficiency is improved by about 80, 80%. Um, and we've also did a project to streamline our documents. We had different versions of documents um, because we were creating these different programs. And so that was, um, we've reduced that volume by about 25%, just so that it's um, a little bit easier to keep that library up to date um, and standard across the programs. Because QuickBase, because we can put in formulas into QuickBase that tell us the status of the client. Those are all things that like a level of detail that we could not easily get before. We were like having to do that all manually. But QuickBase will just tell us, you know, you have you have 75% of clients are searching for housing right now where we couldn't just like easily get that information before. And that's really helpful for us to know because, I mean, you can make all kinds of pro programmatic decisions if you have that level of detail and without the data entry, which is like such a win. <laughs> Any advice that you all might share for other governments that are looking to do a similar project? I would say do the work. A lot of times it's hard. You have to do the work. You have to really define things. You have to do the work uh, and find the right partners and don't settle. And those are kind of, and keep it simple. And those are kind of like four things I kind of, focus on in my daily life and career, um, you know, keeping things simple is important. Uh, if you're looking at a project, you're like, how do I get 80% better? I don't have to get 100%. How do I get 80% better? Um, and then, for example, with our QuickBase project, that was our goal. How do we get 80% better? Since we went live, we're getting ready to, to do uh, a second version, a version upgrade but we wanted to go live. We wanted to see where people wanted to see some changes and some updates and where we could make it a little bit better. So just like with any software package, we're gonna do a version update in a few months that will make it better for them. But you don't have to get 100% right out the gate all the time. You just have to get better. I would, I, I would just piggyback off of what Jeff said, especially about getting a good consultant to help build it out. I think, uh, I think Jeff and Annie would probably agree with this, but I think that that also made a huge difference to have a consultant, which was cloud-based, to really understand what it was that we were trying to do and to work with us on, you know, creating efficiencies as we were trying to build the system out at the same time um, and really uh, understanding, like, interpreting between, like, the program side as well as the technical side to figure out how you come up with solutions for what it is that we're trying to do. Patience helps a lot in all areas. Um, uh, I, I I think keeping it simple, I that's the thing that I came back to Jeff at the end and I said, you were right, like keeping it as simple as possible is because you have all these things that you want to do, but getting getting the foundation correct allows you to then get to, the, to those bigger bells and whistles. Um, and so if you skip over that really solid foundation, you might be you might be missing something to um, to get you where you plan to go. So keeping it simple and then growing from there is really, really key. It was for us. By keeping it simple, we achieved all the efficiencies that Annie was talking about earlier. So even though it's simple, we were getting a lot done and we have streamlined everybody's work 
so much. So it's, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. And like you said, it's simple, but that doesn't mean that it's solving simple problems, right? Um, and it's it's making your lives a lot easier. So, well, really want to thank, um, thank San Diego Housing Commission and all of you for being um, on GovTech Talks today and for all the work that you do for the San Diego community. Um, so, you know, we were glad you were here. We're so glad to share your story on GovTech Talks and um, can't wait for the next episode for Tiffany and I to talk about um, how more and more governments are continuing to help their communities.